Hello, everybody out there in podcast land. Thank you so much for tuning into Combat Sports with Rhino, your first, best, and only all-encompassing podcast dealing with combat sports and the entire landscape thereof. We talk about MMA. We talk about boxing. We talk about kickboxing. We talk about Muay Thai. We are here for you. You are here for me. We had the big UFC 247 last night. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to go ahead and get that broken down for you. Pronto, my first fight from last night. We had big Derek Lewis, the black beast as he's known, fighting Ayer Latifi, the Swede, coming up from 205. And I think the overriding, uh, I think the overriding narrative was Latifi is so small compared to Derek Lewis, right? Uh, he did bulk up to 245 for this one. Derek Lewis again in the 260, 265 range. But the big discrepancy was the 6'3 versus like the 5'9 of Latifi. I thought Derek Lewis was just going to steamroll him, come through, be 10 times stronger, just crush him down. That is not what happened. Uh, Latifi had a really good game plan of trying not to strike too much with Derek Lewis and get him in the ground. And he actually had success. He was able to take Derek Lewis down. He was able to uh, implement a little bit of ground and pound. But the problem was, A, he couldn't hold him down for very long. And B, when he did hold him down or was on top, didn't do any damage. Same thing being said with the clinch. So uh, basically what happened was he did a really good job getting him down and the control. And then every time he got back to the feet, Derek Lewis would explode and really hurt and rock Latifi. Um, so essentially what happened was the judges kind of put more weight into the damage that Derek Lewis was able to do to Latifi and more than the takedowns and more than the on top uh, and they gave Derek Lewis the unanimous decision. So uh, coming off of a two-fight losing streak, that was a real big win for Derek Lewis. What's next for Latifi? And I'll talk about this later in the show. Uh, I, I think he stays a heavyweight. I'm going to be honest with you. It's really, really difficult to go up to heavyweight, get that big, and then try to make your way back down to 205. And he kind of proved that he could do some stuff with the big boys. So he just has to work on a few things. But again, I'll be covering a little bit more on that later. Uh, our next fight on the main card was uh, Dan Ige. Uh, with a 145-pound matchup against Mirsad Bektik. Uh, Ige won by split decision, and this one was really close. It was really back and forth. The Hawaiian Ige definitely was the better striker on the feet. Bektik was able to get some takedowns, uh, threw up a couple sub-attempts. It was super close. It was a good showing by both guys. Uh, but once again, Ige did do more damage on the feet and caught the split decision over Bektik. What's next for both of them? Ige is just going to move a little bit up the ladder, and I think Bektik's just going to slide down a little bit. I mean, he really he had a good showing for himself, and there's a lot of upside to both of these guys. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to see what happens with Ige next. I'd like to see what happens with Bektik. They should both stay in that top 10, top 15 range and uh, keep trying to climb their way to the top because uh, both really hot prospects. So very good fight for those two gentlemen. Uh, moving on to my, uh, my next heavyweight fight, which – Again, I have to have full disclosure, I had picked completely wrong, okay? We had uh, Justin Taffa out of Australia fighting Juan the Kraken Adams. Juan Adams, and I've talked about it before at length, I saw him come through the LFA ranks. The dude is enormous. He moves really, really well. He just buzzsawed through everybody in the LFA. So he gets his shot at the UFC, and now this is his third loss in a row why? I'm not sure exactly, but what happened was the bell rang. Juan tried to stay at range. Tafa was not having it. He countered. He slipped. He got himself inside. He cracked Juan with a beautiful uppercut, put him on his on his ass first, then on his back. The referee pulled him off. It was like two minutes into the first round, the TKO. Uh, Tafa made quick work of Juan. 
do I see Tafa as some big, huge prospect? I'm not sure yet. That was only, I believe, his fifth fight. I think he's four and one now or something. So he's got a lot more to uh, a lot more levels to ascend. But Juan the Crack and Adams, man, yeah, it's just kind of a, a head scratcher, dude. That has all the physical tools, but has not been able to put it together. He's on a three fight losing streak. We all know what could happen sometimes, folks, on a three fight losing streak. It might be Cutsville for Mr. Adams. I hope it's not. Uh, and again, I'll talk about this more. There's a really good uh, question about him in the question portion later on in the show, but I really hope not. I'd like to see him because he's pretty green too. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him fucking at least have two or three more fights and see what kind of improvements that he can make, uh, possibly moving into a different camp. So I hope it's not Cutsville for Adams and uh, Tafa. Yeah, he's got a long road ahead before, even though the heavyweight landscape isn't the most deep in the world, there's a lot of fights to get to before he becomes one of the uh, people we would call a contender, right? So uh, moving on ourselves on the way up to the co-main event, we have Valentina Bullet Shevchenko, our 125-pound champion of the UFC, versus Caitlin Chikugian, or as Juice so abruptly and not very nicely sent me a text message saying, it's Chukagian. So sorry, buddy. I'll say it correctly. Caitlin Chukagian were fighting last night for the 125-pound strap. There was no surprise to anyone what happened, right? Anybody who watches Bullets Fights knows she is... Uh, She's a completely different like entity unto the rest of the, the women in the division and probably in the entire women's mixed martial arts entire landscape, right? She is the most dominant champion I think we are going to end up having. I don't see anybody even coming close to her at 125. She is so good on the feet. She is so good on the ground. There is no weaknesses with her. Her mental game is like the best of the best, right? Nothing seems to bother her. She's always cool, in control. The bell rings last night. She had just the best game plan of because she she didn't have the best range because uh, Chukagian is a very rangy gal. Uh, Bullet was hitting her with some beautiful leg kicks, some body kicks. She really worked her, and then at the right time, they had a level change, took her down, beat her up. She did pretty much the exact same thing in the second round. Uh, also opened up Chukagian with uh, a beautiful elbow. Had her uh, had her eye wide open and bleeding. And then the third round, man, she took her down, got her in a crucifix position, and just landed elbows and punches. And Caitlin wasn't going anywhere, dude. She was never, ever, ever, and she being bullet, was never in any danger of any kind. She is the most complete women's mixed martial artist in the entire world. And yes, that includes Nunes, who, again, I think she beat the second time they fought. But at 125, she has no competition. She's going to buzz fucking through everybody so good on valentina once again i gotta call out my main man juice like i said last week chikagian was food and valentina ate her up so that was our third round stoppage for bullet shevchenko now we are going to get into the kind of the controversial part of last night right we have johnny bones jones longtime 205 champion versus the uh the hot young upstart the 12 and 0 dom reyes and what was easily the most controversial title fight I've seen in a really long time, John Jones was given the unanimous decision over the very game Dom Reyes. Through the first three rounds, just keep this first stat in mind, folks. Through the first three rounds, Reyes outstruck John 82-58. to 58. That included dropping him with a straight right down the pipe that put John on his ass. John also landed some good strikes throughout. And unlike Dom, he actually did secure a couple of takedowns. I think he was two for nine or two for ten, something like that with his takedown. But he did get him down a couple times. 
Jones landed a significant amount less than Reyes over the first three rounds. There's no way around it. I'll say it again. 82 to 58. Is that the end-all, be-all tell of who wins a round? Of course not. But for me, I had it three rounds to nothing going into the fourth for Reyes. That's how I scored it. I thought it was close. But, again, that was my call. We go into the fourth and into the fifth. Reyes took his foot off the gas for whatever reason. He kind of ran away a few times. He didn't seem to engage. Jones definitely upped his pressure, closed the distance more, landed a considerable amount of more strikes. But again, (laughs) if you win the first three rounds, you should theoretically win the fight. That is not what happened. The scorecards get handed in. Buffer gets the reading, and I'm thinking, oh, fuck, he's going to say and new. Holy shit, here we go. John Jones finally has lost. And I know a lot of people on the fucking internet were thinking the same thing. Oh, fuck, we're going to have a new champ. No. Unanimous decision for Johnny Bones Jones. And then Twitter fucking exploded. Was it a close fight? Of course it was a close fight. There was a lot of fucking back and forth and ebb and flow. But just from the fucking, like, the strategy line of, who landed more strikes? Who really won the fight from the eye test? The old Rhino had Dom Reyes winning three rounds to two. Uh, you know, there's the old adage of you got to take it from the champion. Well, again, that's that's sort of true in a way. But in another way, it's if you clearly win three of five rounds, you should win the title, right? So, the, the, like, look at the way Cody Garbrandt did Dom Reyes. He didn't, like, take it from him, but he beat him by decision because he was the more dominant in, like, four of the five rounds. I thought Dom Reyes deserved a win last night. Was it a robbery? I'm not going to use that word exactly because it was close enough where I could see kind of where a couple of the judges were coming from. Definitely not the motherfucker who had it four rounds to one, okay? That Texas Commission guy, we'll talk about him more later. There is no way he should have been on the side of a championship fight for the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Mixed martial arts, biggest MMA promotion in the world. There's no way he should have been there. He was not watching. Joe even said... Look at that guy. He's not even watching. No, it's not, it wasn't for that fight, but he's, like, he's not even watching. Look, he looked, he's not even watching. I don't know what they were doing last. I don't know what they were watching. It was the wrong call, I think. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what any of us say or do. John Jones retains, and that's just the fucking way it's going to be. Um, what's, what's next for him? I'm not sure. It could be Corey Anderson. It could be a rematch. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. But, uh, yeah, so once again, unanimous decision, John Jones beats Dom Reyes to retain the 205 strap. So, um, the big balls of the night award goes to my man, James Krause. James Krause took the fight on less than a day's notice above his weight class, two weights above, two weight classes above where he has fought before at 155 to fight at middleweight. Versus a powerhouse like Trevin Giles, no camp, and look how he performed. He went in there last night. He clearly run won round one. He had uh, he had Giles in a sub. I mean, just back and forth trying to continue to get that choke. Giles gamely, you know, reversed it a few times. But dude, there's no question in my mind. James Krause wins the first round. <clears throat> the second round, Giles fucking put it on, right? He was throwing huge combinations, huge power. He really showed that he was like a much bigger dude, much stronger dude. Clearly, I thought Giles won the second round. Then we get to the third. I had more of Kraus doing Kraus, dude. He was showing great foot movement. He was cutting angles. He was avoiding the big shots. Those leg kicks that he was throwing, they weren't huge power, but he was landing them a lot, right? That straight right, he was almost using it kind of like a mini Superman punch, if you will, that was landing. Again, it wasn't hurting Giles necessarily, but it was landing, I thought, for sure. We had the feel-good story of the night with 
Uh, James Krause coming in on the shortest of short notices, getting a win over a guy bigger than him, stronger than him, better striker, at least a harder striker. But no, the Texas judges got us again, and they fucking gave it to Giles. Now, Giles or Giles, however you pronounce it, he he fought his ass off. I got, I'm taking nothing away from him. But to me, dude, it was James Krause all day. So that's that's where I got it. That's where I was another bummer from the uh, Texas uh combat commission screwing the pooch yet again so uh we're gonna move into our we got some great twitter questions today so we're gonna move in and we have a guest twitter question reader uh, a lot of you on mma twitter will know we've got the amazing uh drea who you'll know on mma twitter as your girl drea at drea underscore mma and i know our first question drea comes from mr tittlewinks who's our boy ken and ken asks us after coming up short in his last two fights, is there any way you can see Juan Adams bouncing back? Or is he just in over his head with this level of competition? Is he possibly a better fit for Bellator? What would your be advice for Juan moving forward? I do think that he can bounce back after the three losses in a row. He's still, like I said, he's so green. He's so young in his career. You cannot teach 6'5", 265 with his ability to move, his strength. He is a very fun personality. He's an interesting guy, and people want to watch him fight. So do I think Bellator would be a better place for him? Not necessarily, at least not yet. I'm not ready to pull the trigger on that yet. I'd like to see Juan get another crack at the UFC um, I definitely want him to have another guy kind of like Tafa because if you can't beat someone like that at the very beginning of the periphery of like the top 20 guys, you're not going to get up higher on the ladder. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'd like to see him camp switch would be my, my real answer. I'd really like to see him go somewhere where they have other big, huge guys to train with. He, again, I thought he'd worked out his mental blockages that he said he was having but last night wasn't a mental blockage dude he was a defense problem and so yeah i'd like to see him switch camps and definitely like to see him stay in the ufc so ken thank you very much for that question sir our next one comes from serious king at serious queen and he asks with john's lackluster performance last night don't you think he should maybe pump the brakes on going to heavyweight obviously the competition has caught up to him with light heavyweight do you agree uh, the answer is a resounding yes for me, my man. Uh, John should definitely not move up to heavyweight right now. Uh, the main reason for the talk of all that heavyweight move-up was because he'd been so dominant for so long at 205. That, so people were like, well, they were clamoring for something different. You know what I mean? Something that seemed like a bigger scale for him to have to fight and have to conquer this bigger mountain. But now that we've seen, especially in his last two fights, the the Marietta Santos fight being so close, last night being so close, he is no longer at least from what he's shown in the last two fights, a mile ahead of the other guys. They have vastly closed the distance. So, no, I think moving up to heavyweight right now would be the wrong move. I think he needs to secure at least two or three more wins at 205, some more title defenses, and then maybe move up then. But, yeah, now is not the right time. He looked more susceptible to strikes last night than I've probably ever seen him before. So, yeah, clearly he needs to stay at 205, work out some things, and then maybe down the road we can start talking about heavyweight again. Uh, our third question, oh, by the way, thank you so much for writing in, Sirius. Uh, our third question comes from Derek Lewis's Hot Balls, also known as at Pixie Dust. And Pixie asks us, What three things would you change about the current judging system to improve judging competence? 
and to avoid shit show decisions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was funny because um, when she and I were messaging this morning, she goes, I'm sure people have already talked about the judging so far. And at the time, nobody had. But then I got like a slew of more questions about the judging that came after. But yeah, basically, I kind of came down to this. You said you wanted three things. So I came up with three things that I thought might be able to rectify this this situation. Okay. One require all MMA judges to have their classes for certification taught by a former pro MMA fighter. Now, people are like, oh, gosh, not every commission is going to be able to have that. You're telling me that if a <laughs> – you're telling me that if somebody wanted to pay somebody who was like a fairly well-known high-level MMA fighter to come teach judges that they wouldn't do it, guaranteed they would. So, yes, require their classes for certification be taught by a former pro MMA fighter. Two – which have whichever promotion grade the judges on, on how they score fights. So after a few, then the judge or judges who were deemed not competent are no longer allowed to judge events. I know that may seem very obvious because that's exactly what they do with high school officials, right? High school football, high school basketball, high school wrestling. The, the coaches of the league all vote, not all vote, but they rate and rank the referees, and then at the end of the year, the lowest guys don't get asked back. Same fucking deal, man. Have it be that way. That way we can root out some of these terrible judges and maybe get a little bit ahead on having more fairly judged competitions. Number three, require retesting for recertification every year. Not every five years, not every three or maybe not at all. Every year, you have to get an updated class. You have to learn about the new things that are happening, the new trends in MMA. That's exactly, those are the exactly, those are the three things that I think need to take place to even give us as the fans a chance of seeing more professionally, accurately scored rounds and fights by judges. So those are my three answers for that one. Great question, uh, Pixie. And our last write-in question comes from our homie, at unsolicited, I'm sorry, unsolicited fight picks at Combative Views. Andrea, what does he have to say? He asks, if Corey Anderson gets a finish next week, will people forget about the Jones-Reyes instant match? I would prefer it. I, I understand exactly where you're coming from, uh, unsolicited, and that's a great question. Uh, unfortunately, no, I don't think if Corey, even if he wins a spectacular fashion next week, I don't think people are going to be clamoring for that Corey versus Jones fight. I think last night was too close. It was too big. It had too big of a, like a visceral reaction from social media and from the fans that they thought that. Tom Reyes won the title last night, and for a lot of people, they think he was robbed of that. Corey Anderson, if he wins a spectacular fashion, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be up there at the top of the top, but I really think it's going to be people who want to see Reyes Jones, too. So I think that's what's going to be next for him. <laughs> Again, I, I I wouldn't mind seeing Corey Anderson versus John. I think there's that's some interesting stylistic matchups should he get through uh, next weekend's card, but... I don't think so, dude. I think it's going to be Dom, too. That's my that's my guess. That's my pick. That's what I'm thinking. So, well, Drea, you know, Drea is kind of famous right now. And here's the reason why. Drea last night put a clip of the John Jones fight. And at last count, Drea, were we talking 25,000 views? Yeah, it just hit 25,000. 25,000 views. So I don't know the actual clinical definition 
of Twitter famous, but God dang it, you are right now. <laughs> you Not are, quite. But oh thank my you. goodness gracious! <laughs> uh, uh, that's that's an unbelievable number. Um, yeah, you guys give Dre a follow if you're a fight fan. She is awesome. She puts on great content. She is super duper well versed and smart in the game, and just also happens to be a really cool, awesome person. So yeah, definitely give her a follow once again at Drea underscore MMA. Drea, thank you for coming in on short notice and being our Twitter question answerer. Um, I will certainly tag you later when we put this out. And once again, I thank you so very much. Thank you for having me. Drea, that was an outstanding job of reading those questions. Thank you so very much. So now is the point of the show where we have, uh, we've read all the ones we're going to read and I've got three voice questions that we want to get to. The first one comes from the homie Shane Tara. Uh, and if you've never watched Shane Tara's live streams of him drawing, he's a fantastic artist. So if you're just chilling one night and you're looking on Twitter and you see him on the upper hand corner is streaming something, check out the dude's artwork. Uh, just his freestyle handwriting stuff he does is really incredible. So uh, Shane Tara went ahead and left him a voicemail, which says, Hey, Rhino. Um, what, what weight class in the UFC do you think has the most... Um, Roster. I don't mean diverse like in styles, but diversity in background. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of curious what you think about that. Shane, that was a very interesting kind of out of the box question. So I know it. I know it scrambled a little bit, but what, it, what he was asking was which division has the most diversity in backgrounds and not styles. So I kind of took that to mean which UFC uh, weight class had the most. Uh, like global reach of different guys, kind of. So that's how I understood it anyway. I hope that's the right. Um, it's definitely, for me, it's middleweight. All you got to do is look at the top 10. Look at all the countries that are represented in the top 10, right? You've got New Zealand, also Nigeria with Izzy. You have Australia with Rob. You have Cuba with Romero. You got Brazil with Costa. England with Till, Sweden, and Norway with Hermanson, along with all the guys who are uh, from the USA. So, yeah, I think I'm answering your question properly, my man. Uh, who has the most, like, diverse backgrounds of, of any of the weight classes? For me, it's middleweight, dude. Just look at that top ten. Do you want to talk about a global reach that the UFC is? That's, like, uh, several countries, and, and it's just one weight class. So, yeah, the UFC has clearly proven itself to be a global brand that guys from every corner of the earth are clamoring to get into. So, yeah, that's my answer on that. And Shane, thanks so much. Um, thanks so much for uh, calling in, my friend. Our next voice question comes from the main man, homie Dave Fretz at Dave Fretz, also at Solo Shoes. And my man Dave, with his special guest, asks, "Hey, what's up, Rhino? This is Dave Fretz uh, at Dave Fretz and at Solo Shoes on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm here with my my little man Judah. Say hi, Judah." Hi, who? Hi, We're wondering about uh, the judging last night, man. Um, I want to hear your thoughts on what is to be done in order to uh, avoid this kind of stuff as we jump from um, the different cities and places, different athletic commissions. It's all over the board, and it's super frustrating. Um, it doesn't feel like... Uh, the fighters really had any chance last night unless they got a finish. And so I'm wondering what your thought is on fixing this. Peace out, man. 
Dave Fretz, no, no matter what your questions are like from here on out, they're never going to get any cuter than that one was. Um, the answer is the only way I can see this being at least somewhat fixable are kind of, if you go back to the three ways I kind of said for uh, Pixie's question, but in addition to those, I also think every state should be required to use the unified rules of MMA or literally no show can be held in that state. This should be for at least the UFC and at least Bellator, right? So the two biggest boys on the block should have it they have the power, I think, to put the pressure on commissions. Do you have to adopt the unified rules? Otherwise, we're not fighting there, right? That's a ton of revenue that would be lost. That's a ton of disrespect that would go to that commission. So I don't think they want either of those things to transpire. So that's my, yeah, that's my that's my response to that one. Um, also, I want to say hi, Judah. Hope you're having a good day, buddy. And then lastly, if you guys have not checked out uh, at Solo Shoes, that's at S-O-L-E-L-O-W-S-H-O-E. He is an unbelievable artist with these shoes. Dave Fretz, the Einstein of graphic design, can put, I, I would imagine, anything on any pair of shoes you want to make them customized, to make them absolutely your own, to look super-duper sharp, whether you're going to the club, where you're going to the fucking basketball game, where they're going to the fights, wherever you're going. The dude will make your shoes the most beautiful thing you could possibly own. So shout out to you, my man, Dave Fretz. Shout out to you, little Judah. And our next question comes from uh, the big homie, Jim Asun. And Jim asks us, Rhino, what's going on, my man? 247 in the books. There were some really good fights last night. I was really happy with that card. Uh, the judging, well, that's another story. But I guess that one Joe, whatever his name is, hadn't judged an MMA fight since, like, 2017 or something like that. But... I still had Jones because he's a champ. It's so close. I still gave it to him. So, but uh, what about Latifi, man? I had Latifi, Derek Lewis. I had Latifi winning that fight. I'm sorry. But again, hometown guy, not surprised. I want your thoughts on that. Anyway, what do you think about Latifi? Keep up the great work, man. Just love it. It's always 420. Peace. The big homie Jim Asun comes through again and knocks it out of the park. Uh, Jay, I've said it before and I'll say it again, Jim. Combat Sports with Rhino is not a show without you being included in it, my man. So what a great question. Yeah, we're definitely not going to go back over the judging part of it again. Um, I could see what you're saying with Latifi. Uh, again, he did more of the takedowns. He had more top control. He seemed to be more in control when they were engaged up against the fence. But again, when you get those big bombs from Derek Lewis cracking you and knocking you around, it's not the best look for the judges. And we all know that the judging was terrible, but in retrospect, again, I can see kind of what you're saying. I really enjoyed that fight to be honest with you. I, I enjoyed it. But for me, my enjoyment was when Derek Lewis would get, finally get up and explode, especially that flying knee. Oh my God. I've never seen a guy that big throw a flying knee. But uh, for me, Latifi, man, I would say stay up at heavyweight. I know he's giving up a ton of height against pretty much everybody, but he proved that it's not going to be a strength problem. He was almost 250 pounds. He really, Derek Lewis is a huge heavyweight. He ragdolled him a few times. He really really had a good job putting the pressure on when it came to the grappling uh, exchanges. The problem is he didn't do enough work when he was on top. Uh, he didn't throw enough strikes. The, the volume wasn't there. The damage wasn't there. But these are things that he can improve upon, right? So 
Yeah, I would. If I'm Ilya Latifi, do you really want to cut another 40 pounds for the next time you fight? I wouldn't. So I would like to see him just stay at heavyweight and see what he can do. He's uh, He definitely showed me a few things last night that I was not expecting. So, yeah, very impressed uh, with the Swede last night. So, yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Jim, for asking that question. I, I hope it's not snowing as bad in Niagara Falls as it is right now for us because, my gosh, here in the uh, lower Michigan, man, it is billowing snow outside. So I uh, hope you're all safe out there. And uh, thanks again for the question, Jim. Now comes the part of our show where I make my picks for next week. So next Saturday, we have UFC Fight Night Santa Ana. I'm only going to go over the main card, as I tend to do, um, for for the fight night. So uh, next week, the main card kicks off with Lando Van Atta versus Yancey Medeiros. Lando, uh, I I really like the way he fights. I I don't like his attitude a lot of the time. I don't like some of the shit that he says. Yancey, conversely, I love everything about Yancey Medeiros, the tough Hawaiian. He's put on some great brawls over the time uh, that he's been in the UFC, but I got to lean towards Lando on this one. He... He gave Tony Ferguson such a fight. I've really based a lot of my opinion off of that fight. I believe he came in a short notice on that one, and he really and I have such a high regard for Tony Ferguson. So if you can hang with Ferg for as long as he did, big ups to you. So yeah, I got Lando Venata winning by unanimous decision over Yancey. Uh, our second one comes from uh, is going to be Brock Weaver versus uh, Rodrigo Vargas. Brock Weaver is definitely a kid to watch. He has. All the tools for a young prospect to have. I think he's going to blitzkrieg through Vargas. First round TKO for Brock Weaver. Moving our way on to Montana De La Rosa. I think she's going to have a very close fight with uh, Maria Romero Borella. I think it's going to be razor thin, but I think Montana's wrestling is and her and her clinch work is what's going to kind of barely tip her over the edge. So I've got Montana winning by split decision over Romero Borella. Are uh, we have our next fight? <laughs> I'm not going to say the guy's first name because I don't want to butcher it. And then Juice texts me, making fun of me. So Antigulov is going to get a third-round sub over the always flashy, good fighter in Devin Clark. But I think Antigulov's, I think his experience is going to see him through on this one. So I got a third-round sub over Devin Clark. Uh, then we move on to uh, Michelle Pereira. Uh, I think he's going to work Diego Sanchez. Diego is a shell of his former self. At least that's how he's looked at the last few fights. I don't see him giving much resistance. He's going to try his ass off. We all know how Diego fights. He's one of my favorite fighters ever. But I think Pereira is just too much for him. He's going to get pieced up. I think he's going to last all three. So a wide margin, 30-27 for Michelle Pajeda over Diego Neymar Sanchez. And then as the aforementioned, uh, we talked about Corey Anderson. I think Jan Blachowicz is good. But I think Corey Anderson is better than good. I think Corey Anderson has is superior to Jan in almost every aspect of mixed martial arts. So I, I have a clear second round stoppage by TKO for Corey Anderson over Jan Blakowicz. So that's how I see next week's card for UFC Fight Night Santa Ana. Uh, here's the part where we always love to say we are careening towards the end of our show. I've got some for real shout outs to give, as I love to do every week, to uh, my homies in the Rhino Gang, man, Hash Brown Rhino Gang. We got my boy Dave Fretz. Check this. Seriously, check out Solo Shoes. It is fucking amazing artwork the guy does. His posters, too. Jim Assoon shows out the same without you. Ken, thank you for your question and for coming up with the hashtag Rhino Gang. Very cool. My man Gator, my homie Marquise, Mr. B, Juice, Evil Eddie, Antonio, Sirius, the homie unsolicited, and then the ladies, I will not forget you, I assure you. Drea, thank you so much for your question and asking today. You did a great job. Ashley, the MMA nerd, Pixie Dust, Pokemama91, Laura Purple Pants, Deja, 
G from WoTV, Chelsea and Delilah, man, from the TKO podcast. You guys, if you want something different in your MMA podcast game, check out the TKO podcast. Chelsea and Delilah are so funny. I love their insight. They have a great piece on their last show about fighter pay and discrepancy. Fantastic stuff. Uh, really check them out. Great TKO pod with Chelsea and Delilah. And uh, lastly, my newest Twitter homie, Trish Bish. She's been really funny online. I really appreciate you uh, being my new Twitter homie, friends. So again, that is our show for today. Thank you for joining us here at Combat Sports with Rhino. We are so appreciative of all you guys tuning in. We had a record-breaking week last week due in no small part to the homie UFC light heavyweight standout Eric Anders being on the show. We have a, uh, I'll tease you a little bit, we have a very, very special guest for next week. So thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you cage side.